What's up, Facebook Live? How you guys doing? Wow! Hey, well, welcome to our questions series. Uh, back from last Sunday, uh, talking about why do bad things happen to good people. Diane's gonna jump in. Right. Say hi, everybody. Hi, everybody. I'm gonna basically. She's. Uh, I'm just gonna tell her what to say, and she's gonna say it the whole time. So. What word you got for us on this beautiful Tuesday? Um, not many words. She's full of life and words. A... Hey, who's on here? We need to get these comments going. It'll be right here, babe. You don't have to do anything. Uh, old people. We're old people. Not we. I know how this is. All right. Diane's running the show, apparently. Yeah. What's up, Jess? How you doing? Keenan. There you go. Mr. Muscles is in the house. <laughs> I saw him shoot some free, some free throws there on Facebook, so... Um, but yeah, guys, thanks for jumping on. What I'm gonna do is jump into some questions you guys had, uh, you text in. Um, I will say none of them were specifically on target last week from the questions, but they're still really good. And there's some really funny ones at the end. Um, Mitch, what's up, buddy? Um, so we talked about why bad things happen to good people. Um, kind of answered the question the best we could. It's a super heavy topic. And kind of went through the idea of basically taking heart because Jesus overcome the world. And we don't see the full picture. So you have these little puzzle pieces. And we just trust that God is painting this beautiful picture. And if you didn't see the message, then check it out. Um, it was, it was really, I mean, I'm saying it was good, but I'm the one who did it. So, you know, <laughs> how's that work out? So, Diane, hook us up with the first question. Question or timer? Okay. Both. Both, both and both timer. Things. So we're going to do, both. yeah, basically we're going to stick to five minutes and answer, which may be overkill on some of these. Um, okay. And then we're going to do like a lightning round. We're talking Teletubbies. I don't know how that got in there. Oh, it's ready. She said she wasn't old. I'm she so said old. she wasn't old. I lied. Oh, what's See, up, Rebecca? It was a great message. It was a great. No, thank you. you thank you, back. Preston. What's up? <laughs> he's watching me as he's doing bench presses and stuff oh. and moving people. Jess, you thank you. you better, uh, <laughs> yeah. Hey, I did my second day at P90X2. Does that count? <laughs> Probably not. I survived. All right. All right first question. Send the timer. Why does it often feel like I am only talking to myself when I pray? It seems that God is clearly responsive when called on those in the Bible times. Okay, yeah. This is pretty normal. I mean, um, it does feel like you're talking to yourself when you pray because you can only hear yourself. Um, but I would say, you know, especially starting your faith, who are you modeling prayer from? Um, if you're praying and you're just, having a, just speaking and you don't really have a lot of faith, it's just going to feel like you're just saying things, you know? Instead of coming with faith, so the, the Bible talks about the faith that must receive can move a mountain, and you got to come to God believing. So when you pray, you, you you actually believe you're talking to God, and you believe that God can do what you're asking, or at least He has the ability to do. Um, so the Bible talks about the prayer of a righteous man avails much. The prayer of a righteous man accomplishes a lot of things, and so I would encourage you to do a couple practical things. So you know, in theory, one is um, do a like a journal, like a prayer journal. Because, you know, oftentimes we're praying and we forget that God actually has answered the prayer. It's like the, t it's like the ten lepers, like lepers. He heals all ten of them, only one comes back. And it's so easy when you pray to be like, oh, God's not there. He's not listening. And I remember one year we went to camp and literally we all, the youth kids we had, everything, keeping prayer journals. And there wasn't a single prayer request we prayed over um, that God didn't answer. We were praying for people to come to Christ. And we were praying for just people's attitudes and all sorts of stuff to to change, it was just really cool to see 
So I'd say keep a prayer journal and see, just put God to test because he does answer. And I'd say follow your facts and not feelings. It's so easy to be like, man, I don't, I don't feel like this today. Instead of saying, hey, I believe, I believe God and I'm just trusting that he's going to do that. And prayer is like aligning our hearts with the heart of God. So oftentimes prayer is shaping us. And it's not like he's, God's not a genie and you rub the lamp and you get what you want. It's uh, that's even Jesus prayed, uh, your will be done. And so, um, yeah, so that, that'd be the couple things. Do you have any ideas? No, before I knew what you were saying, the prayer journal thing was the first thing that popped up to me. Cause even now, like following Jesus for like two decades, I can like go back and look at old prayer journals and find things I prayed for. I mean, years ago that felt like they never got answered. And then in one way or another, like God had worked it out now in this season, like not in the timing I wanted, but in his, and it was even better. You know, I think of an example, like I was praying for a long time for a certain job type, you know, just to work on the weekends for years and years while I was in school and we had our foster kids and God didn't answer that until later, you know, even after they were gone and this, but it ended up being so much better, like for our life and ministry and that kind of stuff, just the extra money I was able to make and put away for our goals. So it was really cool that it was in his timing, but I wouldn't well, have seen that in the moment that I was praying and it felt like that kept, that door kept shutting. Yeah. And you know, we, we struggled with infertility and prayed, prayed, prayed. And you know, three and a half years later, you know, God answers a prayer. And so, um, yeah, there's times you feel like you're praying, you're just talking to yourself. But I'd say just have faith. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe a bigger picture is, you know, in the Bible where Jesus teaches disciples how to pray, it's because Jesus was actually praying. And the disciples were modeling after Jesus' prayer. I mean, the only reason they even asked is because Jesus was praying. And they said, teach us how to pray like you pray. And so the question would be, who in your life is encouraging you spiritually? Who's your model for prayer? Uh, who you learn that from? Jesus gives an amazing model of prayer, and so I'd encourage you to um, to, to follow uh, his model. But some of the prayer is not just um, it's not even just talking to God, but it's almost just worshiping God uh, for who He is and being thankful for what He's done. It, the word's called adoration, um, just giving Him glory and just telling Him what He's done is great and the difference He's made. And um, some of His confession, where you come before God and you confess your sins. Um, and to get forgiveness where you're saying, hey, I made mistakes and God forgive me. And you're just emptying yourself to him. And then you pray for other people. And then, of course, what we typically think of prayer is like, well, I'm praying for myself. And I want that nice new car. So Jesus, give me this car. And um, But yeah, so there's a little bit of thoughts on that. Hey, 43 seconds to go. We're going to start the next question. So yeah, jump in if anybody's got thoughts on prayer. I don't know if you ever feel like you're hitting a wall. So uh, Chastity, thanks for jumping on here. April. Chastity, you should be working right now. Um, <laughs> there were lots of comments of, I'm working, but I'm listening. So, oh, is that what they're saying? Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's funny. Oh, uh, man, it's fun. All right, next question. Diane, hook us up. All right, next question. Are we in the end times? Yes. Scrolling a lot. Yes, I've lost my place in these <laughs> wonderful notes. So, man, okay, are we in the end times? So this is like a really tricky question, and it's tricky um, I'll explain why it's tricky because there's multiple options of the end times, what people believe of the end times. I'll tell you the options and I'll kind of tell you where I stand or where I think the Bible says. Um, but there's the, the first one would be like a pre-tribulation end times. Okay, so this is where the next event would be the rapture. It's found in the first Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 through 18. This word rapture is not actually quoted in the Bible, but it, there's a word that says called up together and it's the... I'm going way off topic, but it's it's the Latin form of the word raptoro, so it's rapture. 
in according to pre-trib, that's the next prophetic event. The next thing's going to happen in the sequence. And you don't know when that time is. Nobody knows the time it's going to be. Although a lot of people like to predict, which is why the question comes up. Um, so then there'll be like the rise of the Antichrist. So the rapture of all the saints and the people dead in Christ will rise and be with Jesus. Then there's the rise of the Antichrist for two and a half years. And there's abomination, abomination desolation. And uh, basically a giant war breaks out. Uh, they realize this person is not who said he is. And for three and a half years, is this terrible time, last half of the tribulation period. Then there's the Battle of Armageddon. It's a great movie, by the way. Um, actually, I don't think it was that great. Um, so it's Armageddon. And then there's the Millennial Kingdom, which pre-trib would say is a physical Millennial Kingdom with Jesus, where he comes back to earth with the saints, and he rules for a thousand years. And then he pulls out Satan, who's now loosed. And then there's a big battle at the end. New heaven, new earth. Diane's rolling for the kid. So that's a pre-trib position. Um, and so then there's an amillennial position, which basically says that Jesus doesn't come back in a physical presence. There's a mid-trip position where people say that um, we are in the first three and a half years and then we're raptured. And then there's a uh, basically a preterist position. It's just kind of hard to explain, but there's like partial preterist and full preterist. We're really deep right now. Um, but basically they're saying is that all the prophets in the Bible was either figurative, allegory, allegorical, and is if you're a full preterist, people all came true back in Bible times. So you're partial preterist. There's a few things that haven't come true yet. Um, and I know some people hold that position. And so there's lots to consider when you ask the question, are we in the end times? So um, that's really tricky. So uh, I'll give you the kind of position I've kind of feel like is the version the Bible gives from a little translation. I think you can get rid of some of these just because it's a little far-fetched. But you got to start studying Daniel, Daniel 2, Daniel 7, Matthew 24. And you got to pick the phone up. Hello, Jesus. Okay, I'm just kidding. Uh, but you got, but Matthew 24, 1 Thessalonians 5, Revelations. I mean, there's so much that has to go together in your hermeneutic or how you see the Bible and what you think is allegorical or not has to be determined. So the way I approach the Bible, I would say we're um, in a pre-tribulation end times. And so I think Scripture points to that from a little, literal translation unless given somewhere else. And so the question being is, are we in the end times? I'll give you a verse, Matthew 24, 5 through 8. It says, many will come on name saying, to Jesus talking, man, I'm the Christ, and they'll lead many astray. And they'll hear of wars and rumors of wars, so they're not alarmed, for there must take place by the end is not yet. For the nation will rise against nation. This sounds familiar, right? Kingdom against kingdom, and there'll be famine and earthquakes in various places and all these things. All these are but the beginning of the birth pain. So it's talking about the beginning of the, earth, the, beginning of the end times. Um, the reality is nobody knows. Hey, Tina, thanks for jumping on here. No, nobody knows when the end times actually is going to start. Um, it literally, it's like, it says like, it comes like a thief in the night. And so some interpretations, like you might say, well, there's a giant earthquake in Haiti and then the Afghanistan and then uh, Trump's the Antichrist, Biden's the Antichrist. Everybody's got an opinion on the Antichrist, you know. And uh, these are all like maybe signals or something, uh, but they're not indicators. Like we don't know when the end times are going to be. So I don't, you know, if you say the next end time event would be the rapture, which was, I believe, then we're definitely not in the end times because otherwise I'd still be here and I'd be in a great show in a book series called Lost. And um, it's not Lost. What is it? Oh, it starts with B. Come on, every time we'll hey, Left Behind. You don't know this? I do. Who ran Left Behind? Come on. I'll, no, just... 
late 90s. Yeah, all 15 books. It's a really bad movie <laughs> if you want to watch it. Um, but, I mean, we can go a lot deeper on that question. Um, but there's really not information to save you in the end times. And from preacher position, left behind. Thank you, Jared. Yes, yes. So I'm talking about. Oh, oh perfect. Yeah. It's like God. That's it. That's all he gets. Never, 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 seldom early, never late. Um, when, when is the end time of this question? Exactly. <laughs> I think Giant needs to come on here. He needs to do one of these. Yes. All right. Hook me up. What's all the right. next one? Um, unless you have, unless you have another thing you want to say about that, so Johnny can keep this question going. No, the only it's probably because one of my spiritual gifts is faith, but the Bible says nobody knows the time, so I don't spend time thinking about when the time is. But as somebody who has experienced labor pains, which this is often related to, I'm out. I know you have the early labor pains, which feel intense, and they get closer and closer and more, and stacked on and on together until it's like the big deal, and. So you can see maybe that there's evidence of more things happening, but at the beginning of labor, the first time you don't know what the end is going to be like. So it could these could be like really mild, far apart. And to God, a thousand days knows? is a year, and a year is a thousand days. Well, the reality I mean, is, we really what's the reason we're even here in this season is because the church is supposed to be on mission yeah. to reach people for God. We talked a lot about that, that we are the witness of God in this generation, and so we're called to go out and. Um, go on the highways and hedges and, and reach people mm-hmm. and live on mission and not just uh, kind of consume or just show up on a Sunday, but to really live on mission for God. So, all right. All right. Time next up, Johnny. Question. We're going next on. What is the difference between Jesus, God, and the Holy Spirit, and how are they all the same person? All right. So, yeah, another, I agree with Diana, focus on, there you go. So, um, yeah, so it's like a Trinity question. And a Trinity is like one of those things, um, your, our thoughts aren't his thoughts. And you're not going to wrap your mind fully around the Trinity. I mean, if, if you're trying to put like an infinite God in a finite brain. And so I'll do the best I can. It's, it's going to be kind of lacking because I, I don't have any. You need like a drawing. It helps a little bit. I don't have it. It's just, sorry. Um, but I will say, so what's the Trinity? And just kind of walk through this a little bit. Uh, the Bible says there's one God in the Old Testament, um, but he's in three expressions or three persons. And so, I mean, Old Testament believers believe in a monotheistic God, a single God. Uh, Deuteronomy 6 talks about that. Oh, here is the Lord God is, the, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And so they're really taught that in the Old Testament. But the Bible includes, um, states there's three distinct expressions, and you can find that in the Old Testament. Uh, Genesis 1.1 is the very first verse in the Bible and talks about, uh, in the beginning, God created. That word for God is the Hebrew word Elohim, and El makes it plural. And so it's like, in the beginning, God's created. So this idea of like the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit were present and active in creation. And uh, you see this idea of like the Trinity or the three persons or expression of this oneness of God. It, look at Jesus' baptism, right? I mean, here you have the Son of God, yet Jesus is getting baptized. And there's an audible voice of God. says, this is my Son whom I'm well pleased. And then you have the Holy Spirit of God that comes down as a dove. And so here's this picture of what the Trinity is. Um, you got Matthew 28, 19, 20, uh, 28, 19 and 20. You know, go, therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so there's these amazing pictures of the Trinity, but what, what's the point of the Trinity or why, what, it, what is each role, what they do? And so each person in the Trinity has some different roles and different kind of focus. So the first one's the Father. Um, 
So you think about prayer, we, we pray to the Father in Jesus' name, led by the Spirit. And so um, there's that picture of the Trinity as well. But the Father um, basically would have started all things. Uh, he's the mastermind. He's the person in charge. Um, the, uh, Romans 9.5 says, To them belong the patriarchs, and from the race according to the flesh in Christ, who is God over all, blessed forever. Amen. Um, the Holy Spirit, if you talk about being God, is in 1 Corinthians 3.16. Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's Spirit dwells in you? So here's the Spirit of God that living in you in this moment. And so the role, like the Father is the source. He's like the cause of all things. Um, the Son is subordinate to the Father. So you talk about creation. Jesus is involved in creation. He's involved in sustaining all things. Colossians 3, he holds all things together. There's nothing made without him. All things are created for him and by him. Um, you talk about salvation. Like Jesus was the answer to the sin problem. Nobody's really seen the Father outside of um, Adam and Eve. And um, Moses saw his back. <laughs> it's all his backside but nobody's really seen God since then I'm probably missing something on that I mean you could argue that they heard his voice at the Mount of Transfiguration but didn't yeah there's a cloud and everything yeah so yeah so you know Jesus is our picture of, of the Father like the Bible says um, in John 12 45 it says whoever sees me sees him who sent me and so the Father is really the, the ultimate in charge and the Son is his agent doing the work so jesus paid the penalty for our sin um jesus actually you find in the old testament too um so um which i'm forever some some bible college student help me out here i know john knows this i want to say epiphanies but that's not christophanies. it christophanies thank you um but you actually jesus is in the old testament he did just magically get created in uh in the new testament and so Jesus has been around, the Spirit's been around, the Father's been around for eternity past and eternity future. Um, and then the Holy Spirit is subordinate to the Father and the Son. So in the Spirit's role, his role is um, a comforter. You know, Jesus talked about there's one coming after me. He's going to comfort you. Um, he's the agent in writing Scripture. So, like, the Scripture is given by God, the Father, and it's written by the Holy Spirit. Like, the Bible talks about, and um, man, help me out here. Moves like a wind in the sail, Second Peter, three sixteen, but he like he's like it's like as if they're writing the pen, but the Spirit's moving them, and so that's why we have the Word of God, not just by Paul or Peter or John, but it's written by God through the hand of men. Oh man, five minutes is up. Um, but yeah, just a couple of thoughts on this. But he's the agent in creation, so the Spirit moved on the waters. You can read that. Uh, the restrainer of sin. This is a real interesting one in our time period. Uh, the Spirit's actually holding back the evil in the world till one day, like, he is actually removed, which you find in Revelation. Uh, but 2 Thessalonians 2.7 talks about this. Here's a cool thing I think the Spirit does. He's our seal, uh, Ephesians uh, 1.13. He's, he's our Holy Spirit. He's our seal of promise. So what that means, like, the, like a, you know, you've seen the movies, uh, Three Musketeers, or some old movie, um, and they get the wax signet ring on the letter, and that's a seal, and it can only be opened by whoever is uh, has the other seal, whoever is in charge of that. And so the Spirit seals us. He comes into us. He indwells us. And so we as believers um, know that we're guaranteed to go to heaven. Or if you put like a down payment on the house, like your earnest money, that's what Jesus. That's what the Holy Spirit is us. Like you know, we're not going to be perfect on the side of eternity. So we're on a journey to follow God. But one day when we die, we we are glorified, 
And that's where the spirit is our promise. So I think it's really great. He guides us. He prays for us with groanings, and utterings that we don't understand. And so, yeah, Trinity can't be fully understood. There's way more on it than that. Um, what's up, Cindy? Um, so, yeah, that's a, it's a deep question. And I would encourage you to do some more research on that or reach out. Um, it's one of those things that's uh, not going to fit in a box. Finite God. <laughs> Infinite God, finite mind. Diane, what do you think about that? Yes. Yes. Great. The answer is three. Yes, That's just three because it's Trinity. <laughs> That's right. There you go. All right. Who All gets right. up? Why did my religious grandparents think? Oh, hold on. Th no these questions right. take a corner. Oh, okay. You got to hang on these questions. We went from like sincere, heartfelt Bible questions to like I don't know. I mean, I don't offend anybody with these questions for fun. You're trying to make pastors say weird things. Or are these questions like, seriously, I struggle with this. So I'm just curious to see what you think. So here's the question. All right. Why did my religious grandparents think the Teletubbies were evil? This is a great question. <laughs> Why are the Teletubbies evil? Oh, man. So I don't know. I'm speculating here. Um, you know, I didn't grow up watching the Teletubbies. I was more of a Gumby dude. <laughs> I skipped the whole Barney phase. I had nothing about that purple dinosaur. Um, Teletubbies evil. I heard a lot of this growing up. Um, hey, what's up, Angela? They were being funny. Oh, man. Thank God. Well, we're going to answer the question anyway because you made me think about it. And now it's going to be even funnier. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, some people seriously had a speculation of, like, why in the world would somebody write a TV show for one-year-olds? That was kind of like one of the first groundbreaking shows where it's, like, a TV marketed to, like, somebody who's less than one. And so I think a lot of parents are freaked out about that. The second thing is... There was rumors of one of the Teletubbies being gay, uh, the purple Teletubby with the triangle. On his, I remember hearing that even when I was, you know, middle school, whatever. Made, we made fun of Teletubbies. That's what we did. But if you're a Teletubby fan, we still love you. Um, and now that it's a joke, we're going to move on from that question. So, um, or the evil, I'll let you guys decide. Next question. Now, Jerry will know if this is a joke or not. Let's hear it. Are ghosts just demons? So we're going to go in this session, are ghosts just demons? And then the second part of the question is... Oh, is there any biblical support for the existence of ghosts? A lot of ghost um, curiosities. All right. Do you believe in ghosts? Uh-oh. Who's going to call? I ain't afraid of no ghosts. I ain't afraid of no ghosts. All right. So, yeah, there's a... There, this is like... No, not just not a new question. Not a joke. Okay. So he says not a joke. <laughs> so we'll be serious. Jared's our new question screener. Yes. Thank you, Jared. Um, not a joke. So... Yeah, this, this is nothing new. I think people have speculated or thought about ghosts or have contemplated ghosts probably since, I mean, the Egyptians, you know. And so from a biblical standpoint, so I'll just take it from there. Um, this is what the Bible says, Hebrews 9.27 says, And just as it's appointed for man once to die, after that comes a judgment. And so to, to say that there are spiritual beings, the answer is yes. To say there is ghost is No. To say, to say that there's like an intermediate, because when you think of a ghost, you think of like, um, you know, um, man, like an intermediate, like somebody's not all in heaven or in hell, but they're just like lost on earth, right? Screwed. What's the Scrooge? Uh, Scrooge. Uh, like Scrooge. Scrooge. Yeah. You know, you think the ghosts of Christmas past. So you're thinking like somebody's stuck in this like purgatory of earth or something, you know, and the Bible's really clear. It's like you, you're either on earth physically or your spirit is at the judgment or you're with God, you know, heaven or hell, you're not here. Um, so there's no, no intermediate. Like if you look through the Bible, um, you don't find any stories of ghosts. Now you find like demons, 
And so it's like our demons ghosts, but demons don't take the form of like a spiritual nothingness. Anytime you see the, a demon in the Bible, um, they're like possessing somebody. So like there's a guy who like haunted a graveyard, so kind of like a ghost, but it was like a real dude. Now, now demons do like disguise themselves as angels of light, but they don't see that anywhere where it's like, oh, they're just out there without possessing somebody or something, right? And so, um, yeah, you, you don't seem to like ghost hunt, like haunt, hauntings. Uh, you call them tarot cards. I've never done this. Um, witches, vampires, zombies. You don't see them. D demons possess people, but there's really no ghosts in the Bible. But I will say, I take that back. I take it all back. There is one ghost in the Bible, the Holy Ghost. Come on! <laughs> oh man! There you go. You have an and that's and that's. Those old people. That's what we look like. Old people. Oh uh, yeah. Oh, the <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah. So our signs. Uh, Cardinal visiting here in the voice. In the quiet, lost relative signs of heaven, or they're just trying to remember them because you missed them. Okay, actually, I'm gonna come back to that question because we're gonna talk about something that's really relevant about that here in a minute. So that's a great question, Angela. Um, but the Holy Ghost, I thought that was really good. So if it, it it's only mentioned if you have food for thought, the King the King James Version is the only version of the Bible that actually uses the word Holy Ghost, and there's like six times it uses the word Holy Spirit. So it says Holy Ghost a lot, Holy Spirit a few times. And you say, why does it say that? There's no reason. It's the same word, pneuma, in the Greek. They just translate it differently. It's the only version of the Bible that says that. But like you hear all the time, Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. And that's like a KJV thing. But hey, there is one good, there is one ghost in the Bible. So the Holy I love that. So, all right. So this one, Angel, this kind of goes with your question. Can our deceased loved ones watch over us and help us? And you kind of talk about like hearing voice or like seeing things or there's like signs yeah. from things happening. Like, are they involved in the, like, you know, not manipulating, but like doing things to help us, you know? So can they watch over us or help us in this, in this area? And so, um, you research this, there's really no definitive scripture that teaches that people that are on the other side have any real contact or even watch us on this side. Um, it's definitely real popular. Um, I don't know if it's necessarily biblical, like you can't make like a doctrine out of it. So I'll give you some instances in the Bible where you do see people that do certain things. So for instance, so Lazarus and the rich man. So like um, Luke 16, right? Um, help me out. I think it's Luke 16. He, he, Lazarus dies and he's a beggar and there's a rich man who also dies. <laughs> and there's Levi. Um, dude, that's KJV. I love you, Johnny. But so here, here you got, you got the rich man Lazarus. Lazarus is in hell, and he's begging for God to send to, to warn his brothers to just send somebody to warn his brothers or to bring just a drop of water. And so this idea, like, oh, rich Lazarus, you know, could see this side of eternity, but it didn't mention he could see him. He just knew that his brothers were there. Um, it didn't ever say like I saw my brothers and then I called out to them. It's not what it says. It just says go tell my brothers. So there is an argument, I guess, some level. And then you might take Hebrews 12, where like there's this cloud of witness around us. Or, you know, it speaks of all Hebrews uh, 11's, this Hall of Fame of Faith, and all these greats of, that had just faith in God. And then it says, since there's such a great cloud of witness around us, you know, we should follow them. And so you can take that as like, oh, they can see us, you know, so we're living for them. But that's really not what it's saying. It's, it's telling us to run our race with faith. And there's only one that gets the prize and we cast off every way of sin that stops us. 
Yeah, is it more like they're a cloud of witnesses because they already like told us beforehand about the faith to go forward, like saying that would be the best interpretation of it. Yes, I mean you'd be stretching to say, "Oh, they're watching us and we live for them." That would be a big stretch. Um, Unpopular. yeah, so there's really no indication in the Bible. I'm, I can't say definitively it does not happen. I just think it's um, it's probably no, but you never know, I guess, on that one. That's kind of great. So it's a good question. And so to answer your question, is there a sign? I don't think that God's going to let them actively, like, do something, you know. Like, he's given us everything for life and godliness already, First Peter. I mean, I, I don't think they're going to interact with us. Um but you never know, like God uses visions and dreams and all sorts of stuff. Um, so you hear a lot of strange, strange stories, so you never know. Um, what about reincarnation? So now, this is Moana right here, dude. I hope you got the right tattoo. That's what, that's what it is. Um, so what about reincarnation? Now, this is actually really popular belief for a lot of major um, religions. So like Hinduism, um, Jandaism, like all these people believe in like reincarnation. So like this rebirth, like reincarnation, the, the second birth or another birth. And some people think like the soul moves from the next thing to the next thing, to the next thing. And, um, you know, so if you look at the Bible, we talked about earlier, Hebrews 9, 27, and just the point man wants to die after that comes the judgment. Um, biblically, the Bible doesn't teach that people come back as something different. That is not a biblical truth at all. But you do see people come back, which is pretty cool. So I'll, obviously, the number one person never came back. All right, Jesus, come on! I mean, obviously, you know, he's crucified, and then they recognize him later. He didn't come back as something different. Um, you think about um, Elijah and Moses uh, on the Mount of Transfiguration. They met with the disciples. And they're hanging out, and they're just talking to Jesus. And it's like, oh, this is crazy. They, they died thousands of years ago, but they're still Moses and Elijah. It wasn't like they got reincarnated and just didn't exist anymore or something, that they're still real. So I think there's a lot of evidence to say that we don't come back and we're not reincarnated. Um, I think of, like, uh, uh, Lazarus getting raised from the dead. I mean, he, he died. I guess he could have been reincarnated something else, but it was still Lazarus. So... Um, not, not a belief taught in the Bible, um, but I will say there is a rebirth in the Bible um, that when you receive Jesus, it's called being born again. This comes from uh, John 3 and Nicodemus, and he says you, you can't enter your mother's womb again, but you're born, born of what? Born of the Spirit. So like now you're birthed with Jesus, and we all have one time we're born again. You don't get born again, born again, born again, born again, born again, born again. That's how it works in the in the in a really old school preaching Baptist church. Is you get saved every Sunday, right? Uh, okay, I'm just joking around. Um, but the reality is, when the Spirit comes inside of you, um, you're sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. And so, yes, turn every question to the gospel. I am doing that, Johnny. I love it. So, but we're reborn, you know. And so you you that's how you know you're, you're you have salvation. And so there's this birth in your new creation and your. Uh, set free from the power of sin. And so there is a rebirth and it does happen, but it doesn't come as a reincarnation. So, and um, Diane's going to hook us up with this, this question. Got a few more. Is there life on other planets? If so, did God create them also? All right, I'm going to let Diane take this one. She's a scientist. I am not a scientist. Jared's here with the uh, the chosen. Hey. He answered all Bible questions. Dude, <laughs> I, 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 
I fully believe it's probably one of the greatest shows made. I've not seen it though, um, but it, it seems to be like everything that I would fit into, like the the way the discipleship. Hey, don't get me wrong; they're track chronology in the Bible. There, it's true. Discipleship. Discipleship. Dude, you want to? If you guys ask me questions about discipleship, no, we're gonna have no. ourselves a conversation. So, um, is a life on other planets? What do you think, honey? Well, I think yeah, same story. I don't. It's hard to know. Um, could God make life on other planets? Maybe. If so, He works to make sure we didn't know about that. Um, I think that you know, it's we've explored our solar system without much luck of finding anything nearby that is life. So you just think about like the uniqueness of the creation of Earth and its perfect position from the sun and all the things. You look at all the other planets are like completely incompatible with life. I think really speaks to God's existence over it like one you know minute thing changes about our planet and we'd all die so yeah you're a little, a little closer you burn up a little yeah, farther you're frozen crazy. like it's yeah hey, the atmosphere itself hey, is like really think how crazy unique. it is yeah, how crazy it is that you actually live a certain distance from the sun that the very sustaining thing of life which is water okay outside of like carbon-based life form but water is in the perfect place of temperature and just a small range when you a solid liquid and a gas yeah, I mean, think how crazy it is when you think in the, 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 the light of the, just the distance of light travels and we're in this like little macro sliver of like, you can, oh, you can have life there. That's perfectly exist right, perfectly here. Exists right there. In this perfect temperature range. Mm. Mm. <laughs> it's all by accident. It's an accident. Yeah. Total accident. Half and chance. If you that believe that, we've offended you. I'm sorry. Um, no. So I think, you know, I, I don't think we know. I don't think there's an easy way to know what God does or, you know, will we try number four or something? I don't know. Well, (laughs) yeah, I won't say all that. But yeah, yeah, is life on other planets? I mean, here's what you got to think about this. So God created everything like stars. And the Bible says that he named every star. So I think when you look at the universe, it just says like the goodness and the the, just the immensity or like the, 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 the grandeur. Like, how incredible God must be to literally speak the stars into existence and name them all and know everything about them. We really have no idea if there's life out there outside of us. The reality is, I mean, given, like, the end times where you have, like, the, the creation we have at this place is actually destroyed and then recreated. Like, there's a new heaven and a new earth. I mean, I mean, end times, I mean, they're probably not millions of years away, you know, we're, we're nowhere near, nowhere near touching anything that would be close to having life like we have on Earth. Like, we'd have to go to a whole different galaxy. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we, we're not even on the cusp of the edge of knowing as humans. So by the fact, like, we, by the time we figured out there's life somewhere else, we're probably raptured. That's what I'm saying. I'm going to go with, you have no clue until you get to heaven, because I don't think we're going to find out until then. Because I just don't think, I don't think there's the technology. I don't want to, I don't want to, like... I don't want to, um, you know, Elon Musk and talk down on that, but I don't think he's going to make it that far by the time, by the time Jesus comes back. Yeah, so, oh yeah. Okay. So we're going to end with a couple questions. These are really good. These are fun questions. This was, um, was okay. I'll do one. The both these are funny. They're just joke questions, but I'll have fun. Uh, there's two of them. First one, my fancy football draft is coming up next week. Should I draft a running back or wide receiver in the first round? Okay. I have no idea. I don't. I, I mean, if I played fantasy football, what would I do? Yeah. I'm gonna go with the wide receiver. It depends more, on who your quarterback more, is, mm, mm. because the ability of my quarterback is gonna see what kind of game I want to have running. Yeah, Johnny says running back. 
Brought him back. If I got Patrick Mahomes, I'd be receivers all up and down. So it's just line them up. I don't know. There's some. I mean. Well, I mean, we have. Well, we had not in the Super Bowl, but hopefully we. We'll, we'll see. Go. Yeah. <laughs> There's probably a trick to this question that I don't know about because I don't play fantasy football. So I'm going to go with Johnny. I'm going to go with the running back. All right. Last question. This is a really, really intriguing question. Shout out um, to whoever wrote this question because it is very, very funny. Um, what if every country has ninjas, but only we know about Japan's ninjas, the Japanese ninjas, because they're so bad at being ninjas? Think about it. If everybody had ninjas, but we only know about the bad ones. I'll leave you with that. So, <laughs> running back's consistent. You would. Oh, man. Well, hey, thanks for jumping on. This next Sunday, I'll invite you guys out. This is a little plug for next Sunday. We are going to go there. We are asking the question. Yeah, what? That's Johnny. <laughs> when I saw that question come in, I thought, this is a crazy question. Are they all? Now I'm thinking, like, maybe it's true. Maybe there's that bad. I don't know. Um, but here's a question for next Sunday. Um, should you get vaccinated? I'm going to leave it there. It's going to be positive. It's encouraging. I think I've made befriend everybody and offend everybody in one message. But I think there's a lot of really good things that can come with this. And um, talk about unity and moving as a country and as Christians. So anyway, it's going to be fun. No. Oh, did, did Jesus take the vaccine? Oh, I love it. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting. And honestly, don't, don't be stressed out. Like, we're not, we're, not, we're not picking sides. I know you think you can do something like that. But we are going to push for Jesus. So, anyway, love you guys. Have a great day. And we'll see you Sunday. This is the end of this podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it. If you have, be sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss another inspirational podcast. For more great content and updates, visit reallifechurchkc.com.